0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the A-Line Podcast. Today I speak to Libby Harmon, who quickly rose through the ranks to race her first Elite season in 2022. We look back at the highs and lows of that season, as well as what she has got planned for the future. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to tell all your mates and follow at the A-Line Podcast on Instagram to keep up to date with all the latest news about the show and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hello Libby how are you doing welcome to the a-line podcast do you want to introduce yourself
1: oh hi yeah um yeah um my my name's libby um i'm a zookeeper um and attempting to race bikes in my spare time um did my first elite cross-country season last year um so yeah just seeing where it's going to go this year
0: awesome well well welcome to the show you are um the first elite mountain biker and zookeeper we've had so that that's pretty cool we um We'll definitely unpack that in a bit, I think, because that's um, not your everyday job, is it? It's very cool and exciting.
1: I think it is a very unique combination. I've not met another another one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, before we get stuck into it properly, though, what is your virtual coffee shop order? Because ideally, we'd be doing this in person and out for a ride and stuff, and we'd have a brew. But yeah, what would you order?
1: Um, I am usually pretty dead by the coffee stop point, so I usually go (laughs) mocha because chocolate so sugar and coffee so hopefully like hit they both hits you yep.
0: um
1: and then cake wise again massive sweet tooth so it's usually the biggest chocolatiest option that is there
0: okay that's good that's uh, i mean chocolate you can't go wrong with chocolate can you so yeah yeah it's always a, it's always a win on that one awesome usually um, yeah. so you oh. said you're said you a zookeeper i guess um yeah do you want to explain that a little bit like which zoo do you work at do you have a specialist in like say snakes or crocodiles or zebras or something or uh
1: so I don't work at like a a big well-known zoo but um we've got quite a lot of random animals so we do have like crocodiles and things um but then we've also got um like emu and deer and some big big things like that so it's quite nice that um we don't specialize in anything you get to work with a mixture of it every day which is really cool
0: that's cool and I guess Less things are likely to kill you as well in a zoo like that, if they're not too yeah. exotic.
1: <laughs> yeah, the only the dangerous things we've got are the crocs um, and anaconda. And surprisingly, the deer are really dangerous because they're so big. But other than that, it's not too bad.
0: Wow. And and how long have you been a zookeeper for? Uh,
1: paid four years, um, but mm-hmm. it's why I studied at uni. And it just takes forever. You have to do a lot of um, volunteering to finally get a job and work your way up into the industry.
0: Okay, nice. Well it's great that you've managed to build yeah. a career in that as well as building a successful racing career but if we if we wind things back a bit how did it all start and how did bikes get into your life?
1: Um I've got a, I think a, quite a weird way in um like uh so none of my family or anything is really that sporty or into bikes or anything. Um so I started I think quite late late compared to a lot of people um where my school uh they used to do on friday afternoons like you didn't have lessons you had like extra activities mm-hmm. um and one of them was mountain biking so i just thought um oh I'll, I'll give that a go see see what it's like um and i was the only girl there and i could keep up with the boys so i thought oh maybe maybe this is uh maybe this is the way to go because i've always loved sport but i've been like shocking at all of them um but like mountain biking sort of seemed a bit fun um and then Yes, yeah, so I just did those uh, those like sessions for a couple of years, um, and then I did. So they were at this outdoor centre that was happened to be just up the road from my house, um, and then I did my work experience at the outdoor centre, um, and then, so uh, sorry, I'm now umming and auring. Um, That's fine. <laughs> what I do. So I did my work experience, and um, the guys there were just really friendly. And um, because it was so close to my house um, in the summer, uh, I used to go up and sort of, I think help. I don't know whether I was just a hindrance to them, um, <laughs> but they'd help me like um, fix my bike and also didn't drive at the time. So if they went out riding, um, I used to tag along on that. And uh, in the Easter holidays, they used to do these trips up to North Wales. So I, used to, I managed to get invited to some of those. And that was like my first real experience to like proper mountain biking, I think um and I went on like went on these red trails and was like wow this is like this is awesome um and then was quickly brought back down to earth by the climbs because I was like zero fitness by then I was just like wow how do people do this um yeah and just um carried on carried on doing that for a couple of years um and then I went to uni and didn't really do any mountain biking or anything um and then uh I sort of picked it back up because I came back home so I don't know how old I was like 21 I guess okay and um the guys from the outdoor center they used to um enter races just for fun um so I sort of tagged along on some of those and um quite often was like the only girl there or there'd be like one other so you'd always get a podium which would be quite nice
0: yeah.
1: um and uh just but then I sort of thought you know but I never I never got first if there was another girl I always came last and uh but I didn't have any fitness so I was like okay I need to sort of do do better at this and uh, uh yeah just tried it in my own time increased my fitness and just kept entering local races and really enjoyed them. Um, and then I moved down to where I live now, which is in Weybridge, uh, in Cornwall. And, um, I joined my local cycling club there, the Weybridge coasters. And, um, a couple of people race cross country there and they've got so many, um, so many rides throughout the week. So like on a Monday they've got a mountain bike ride and on Wednesdays they've got like road rides of like different speeds and stuff. Okay. And just just being able to have that like um consistency, like my fitness increased like so much and I was doing so much better in the races. Um and then I thought, so with 2019, I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt the nationals, give it a go. Um booked my holidays entered my first race and then obviously the pandemic hit and all the races got cancelled. <laughs> Um so that was sort of like a, I think it was still a good year because um just got a lot more riding in like my skills increased a lot more fitness and stuff so then I did my first nationals 2020 um and entered the sport category um and then it's weird in the womens I don't really know why but they race expert and sport together
0: Yeah I um, heard that yeah I guess it's a yeah, not... field thing maybe perhaps
1: Yeah I don't really cuz in the local races they split us still split, oh, okay. sport and expert but yeah oh. um so um, but I did um, well enough in the sport expert category. So moved up to elite last year yeah. and that's that's where I am.
0: That's incredible. So, I mean, that was a great whistle-stop tour. There's a bit to unpack there, I think. Uh, <laughs> so so first off, you live in Cornwall. Um, I yeah. also believe you live in a caravan. That's um, yeah. pretty cool. Do yeah. you live in Weybridge in a caravan?
1: Uh, I live just outside of Weybridge now uh, okay. in a caravan um, because I, I moved in in like, May I think because like rent and everything was just so expensive and like fuel for races because they were all in Scotland last year so it was just like I need to save some money somehow so I live in a caravan at the moment.
0: (laughs) That's good I mean I've got a few friends that have done that and van life is is a raging thing at the moment isn't it so yeah it's it's a good shout for sure. I was going to ask as well like how does obviously you've got the local cycling club in Cornwall but it's not necessarily known as a cycling hub is it how does is that an issue for getting to races and also having say I don't know like quality training partners isn't the right word but do, do you know what I mean yeah
1: yeah I do I do a lot like now I don't ride with the club so much which is really sad I do a lot of training on my own okay um yeah and I really do miss riding yeah riding with people is uh so whenever I get the opportunity to get like get on a social ride or something I like jump at the opportunity um yeah it's not much yeah I wish it was a bit bigger down here which is a shame because like the roads and stuff down here especially for road cycling is like epic the views are incredible um but there's not so many i'm really lucky that i've got three like woods quite close by for mountain biking mm-hmm. um but then like the next closest sort of is plymouth i think there's some good woods up there
0: yeah there is um,
1: um but yeah it does mean like for traveling like i'm an hour into cornwall so whatever wherever i need to go it's like an hour plus <laughs> on uh, <laughs> and stuff so the scotland ones there last year were quite a toll um the last one i um asked my dad if he'd come with me and share the driving because i was like i can't <laughs> i can't drive it again on my own i just can't do it
0: no nah, i went to the national champs last year in scotland and it was emotional just splitting the driving with my wife so i can imagine yeah doing it solo that would have been horrible <laughs>
1: uh yeah i'm lucky i've got uh, i've got a friend uh in bristol so she doesn't drive but it's nice to just have the company sometimes on that does make the journey seem a lot shorter
0: yeah great yeah it's definitely a good point and when you get to the races i guess you can do bottles for you and things as well which is handy. yes
1: yeah it's really good
0: <laughs> awesome that's good um so you've moved down to cornwall and you're working on a farm as we've already discussed um what is your favourite animal? Because I've seen a lot of pigs on your Instagram, and I'm a big fan <laughs> of pigs, not to swear you. But...
1: Yeah, so my, definitely my favourite animal here is my my pig called Fizz. Um, she's sort of like, she's so friendly. You can do anything, and hence my Instagram is filled quite a lot of selfies with my pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favourite animal overall is a tapir, and we don't have any here, but I would absolutely love to work with them one okay, day. Yeah. That would be really cool.
0: Giant guinea pig things. Oh, no, that's, that's a cat-
1: Bar. the tapir have got like the funny long nose sort of like half an elephant sort uh, of looking thing little black and white <laughs> elephant looking thing yeah that's yeah. it
0: <laughs> this is this is like David Attenborough meets cross-country that <laughs> <be great, so. laughs> that's awesome no and um the only other thing I was gonna say was um you mentioned how it, it kind of ties into a recent interview I did with Paddy Atkinson about physiology you mentioned how just one of the biggest things was time on the bike with the club to build that base level of fitness were you getting any like coaching help alongside that and hitting the gym and things as well or is it literally just time in the saddle was the key for you uh
1: yeah so my first first couple of years were literally just um time in the saddle because I wasn't really doing much riding at all I don't think Mm -hmm. um but then um over over lockdown um I made friends with someone in the club who um he used to be a professional road racer um and also is in the RAF and so he has got a really good like understanding and he now helps me out coaching wise which is really useful so he's coached me for the last uh last year sort of half of the year before that and then he's helping me out again this year which is really nice, ah, nice.
0: um yeah. I've also done my professional research and noticed on your Instagram that you don't just race cross country do you? you have some full face pictures on there too between the <laughs> two
1: uh, yeah, just uh I have th- tried, I think I've tried almost most disciplines of cycling. And Absolutely. uh I definitely I do like to do a bit of variety. Um yeah, the downhill is really fun. Um, but those were like the first couple of rounds of the series, and then it gets way too um technical and jumpy and scary for me. So those were just <laughs> just give the first couple of rounds a go. It's like just nice to keep um keep yourself in sort of race mode over winter a little bit, I think.
0: Yeah. That was gonna be a follow-on question actually. Is- you said you have a coach that's obviously um, an ex-professional road cyclist. Um, yeah. Is, do you have like a separate coach for the skills side of things or can you do both or do you just sort of learn off of riding friends for the skills element and things like that? Because cross-country courses nowadays are getting quite technical, aren't they?
1: They've got so technical. A lot Last year there was two courses with gap jumps in, which I was like, what, what? I can't do those. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, I sort of, yeah, here's his training would like be based all on the road. So I do what I can uh, on the mountain bike, or if it's like zone two rides and stuff, then I go mountain biking and um, just get the skills in there. But yeah, it's definitely a lot of learning off friends. Uh, I've got quite a few good friends that um, uh, ride enduro or downhill. So they're always good to follow down the trails and stuff. And yeah, it's sort of like, yeah, just try and put the skills in wherever I can is how I work it out.
0: No, that's good. That that makes sense. Like organic is often the best way sometimes, isn't it? And keeping it, not overthinking things.
1: Yeah. Um, I I am really bad. Well, I don't know if it's bad or good. I don't I try not to think about it. I just sort of sort of aim and hope for the best is my skill
0: level. <laughs> I meant more in terms of like um uh, like forcing your training to fit a certain structure. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like just point and shoot often works on the bike as well, doesn't it? If you I'm a big fan of if you go fast enough, your body will take care of it
1: yeah that's the, usually yeah if you go fast enough it's probably going to be okay I, that's my problem is always shouting at myself like don't touch the brakes you don't need to touch the brakes leave them alone
0: <laughs> awesome so you've had like not I, I don't know i guess looking at it like from a, uh, a high level you've had quite a short career so far you've like burst onto the scene, and gone straight to elite which is great and, and says a lot um have there been any like highs and lows along the way
1: uh oh yeah definitely definitely um I, th- I wouldn't say like last year was um a good year for me at all. um Like I had a couple of like good results which sort of stand out, but the, I, th- I came last quite a lot of the time. <laughs> and uh, I think I noticed that like I knew like Elite was going to be a step up, but it is like it's like I remember the first the first race of the series I did and like you stood on the stood on the line ready to go and they said go and the speed that all these girls just took off like almost left me like standing on the line Mm -hmm. which is crazy um and I've only ever managed because elite is an extra lap um for girls I don't know what it is for men um but um yeah I've only managed to complete all the laps twice I think so it's definitely like um yeah for like I, I don't say like it's been particularly high a good year so I think yeah but um uh some highs what have I my, i was really happy i got an eighth result at uh, round four last year which was really cool i was really happy with that yep. um yeah um last last year in my uh sorry i've lost the, what did you say <laughs> just,
0: just general highs and lows like so far you've given us a few lows um mm. i mean it is obviously it's hard like everyone's been there whether they're racing elite or whether it's like their first mountain bike race or something and they've been in the situation are coming last and it can be demoralizing but the fact you're there and in the mix and actually manage to step up to elite is something in itself I think so I know it can it, like often we are our own harshest critics aren't we
1: yeah I think actually after one of the highs was um national champs for some reason I got gridded right at the front and uh, I was stood next to Evie Richards, Isla Short and Annie Last wow. and that was just like an incredible like just moment like just stood there and uh Yeah, that was amazing. I definitely like a bit of imposter syndrome, like, oh my god, what I don't belong up here. But at the same time, it was like, like, just so cool because I've watched them all on like TV and like racing worlds and stuff. And it was just, yeah, just a moment to be stood next to them, which was really cool.
0: Wow. Yeah, that must have been incredible. Like lining up with those sort of people. I think the imposter syndrome is interesting as well because I think everyone has it, and only the good people have it. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because obviously, you've worked hard enough to get to where you want to be but yeah there's moments where you, you don't think that you belong but yeah like you say, I think it's most people have it
0: like a bit of a side story that like I've done a lot of triathlon in recent years and mm-hmm. sometimes particularly in Europe you catch up with people not like I don't know I want to say the French for some reason but you like you're lapping someone say and they won't get yeah. out of the way but like you ask them nicely and things and they like they're almost like, oh no I'm not getting out of the way because they think that you're still racing so I'm lapping you like language barriers yeah. aside it's like they still think they can win it even though they're like 40 minutes down. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's, but the, if you have that imposter syndrome, it shows that you're actually, I don't know, legit in a strange way, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It does make sense. I think because um, like I'm, I, well, I'm 28, which I think is uh, quite old as well because like everyone else, like yeah. they go from like ju- junior. Is it junior up to – is that when you go up to elite? I think is it from junior? I can't remember. So they're like as- 18, 19. <laughs>
0: Yeah, as a 33-year-old coming into cross-country, I'm not the right person to ask, so... <laughs> yeah,
1: um, so I think that sort of plays a part as well because everyone is just, like, so much younger and, like, have done it from younger ages. Yeah. Um, So they also, like, they all know what's going on as well and I'm just sort of there, like, I don't really know how I got here, but, yeah, it's, I think that's where it's from.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, I don't don't think it's too late because it seems that sport in general apart from the likes of say swimming and gymnastics the careers seem to be getting longer don't they particularly the low impact sports like cycling and yeah
1: yeah
0: um, triathlon endurance sports in particular I think most people don't come into their um, prime until they reach their 30s middle mid 30s and there is I guess an argument as well that like people that start young as kids burn out either physically or mentally or both perhaps
1: yeah that is true yeah yeah and like you said I've noticed um like especially in the women's side of cycling a lot of really good women like they're still early 30s and stuff so it's like okay I'm not <laughs> I've got got somewhere to go
0: yeah I mean I've got my work cut out I turned 34 in November and I'm only just getting into expert <laughs> for next season so I better climb the ladder quick
1: <laughs> oh, you'll be fine you'll be fine <laughs>
0: uh, love it but uh, that's um that's really interesting Here, those highs and lows thank you for being so honest about it um what is your plan then looking at 2023?
1: Um I've yeah, I've set some I think I've set some ridiculous goals, but um <laughs> if you don't if you don't set them and aim for them, then what's the point? Um I'd really love um to have some more top ten results is just my aim because I only had one last year. Um and I've sort of I've penciled in a couple of the marathon series to have a look at, but I don't know. I'd, I'd really like to give them a go, but I don't know if it's going to work with training because I'd really like to aim or do better at the XC, like the cross country. So mm-hmm. sort of see where it goes as the year goes. Um, right. Yeah, that's, that's. I think it's just, yeah, have some better better results and have more fun because I think I took it way too seriously last year. Yeah. Like the step up, you're like, oh, now I'm like a, not a proper bike rider, but it did feel a bit like, okay, I need to take this really seriously. And then I definitely lost the fun element of it. So just yeah. have more fun
0: that's easily done isn't it I mean yeah. do you you mentioned some like outcome focused goals do you have any like smaller like process focused goals
1: um oh I hadn't even thought about it <laughs> <laughs> um oh gosh yeah I really hadn't thought about it I
0: guess fun is a good one but yeah like, like you say like I don't know speaking from personal experience and also listening listen to interviews with other elite athletes like a lot of them they they do mention when the fun stops, it's because they've taken it too seriously and focused too much on the end result rather than the, the process. Like
1: the process, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Sort of um, but no, yeah, if, if you haven't, that's fine. Or if you haven't thought about it yet, just just just, um, just popped into my head and you mentioned that it was like top tens and things like that were the goals.
1: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, now I'm thinking that I should probably have some, <laughs> some other goals. Yeah, I hadn't really thought, I just... Yeah, I was like, so... Oh, not unhappy with last year but
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah I just wanted to do just wanted to do a bit better
0: yeah yeah no that's fine I think it was Kate Courtney actually like that she's quite active on social media so I can't remember exactly when it was but she definitely posted something about it was, I think it was like in the, the year she won world champs maybe she was that's a while ago now because of COVID and everything but yeah she said her goals for that year had been to execute her certain parts of her race perfectly rather than say come first or whatever and it was that yeah. sort of thing that made a big difference for her
1: ah that's really interesting yeah yeah, yeah. um because I think definitely this or last year um I I learned a lot about like race craft more yes. than yeah like I learned so much about actually how to race rather than just sort of the fitness side of it
0: um have you noticed then that there's more of a strategic element as you've gone up through the ranks then because I assume well if it's like say sport you can't just have to go quite hard and it's you know there's some tactics but it's it's kind of carnage in the men's sport race um whereas um, women's is it more now like you're trying to like do a hard lap maybe to get away and then chill for a bit or whatever it is
1: yeah I've definitely noticed that like the first lap is everyone's just like all out um and then it sort of seems to settle down um for the next couple of laps and then sort of towards the end that's when you sort of see everyone seems to be trying to get their positions back and that sort of thing um and I've definitely learned that I'm like I'm a better descender than I am a climber so it's trying to position myself in front of people uh or trying yeah when the descents are coming up get in front of the people that I know aren't so good as me so I can make the places up there but then I and then but not pushing too hard on the climbs because I don't want to like kill myself and then not be able to descend that sort of thing
0: yeah i mean that's that's quite a nice way to have it because that's climbing i don't want to oversimplify it but you've just got to do more fitness essentially haven't you whereas descending yeah. well is a skill you have to learn and develop over time and it's like there's a big mental aspect and you can't really force it if that makes sense whereas yeah. to a degree as long as you're not overtraining, you can get just fitter to climb faster can't you so that's a nice yeah, way to have it it's a good strength to have in the toolbox for sure
1: <laughs> yeah i, I think because i always try in the winter to do as little riding inside as possible okay. so always just try and keep outside and I think that definitely helps with like the descending skills because if you can if you can ride in the mud in Cornwall in the winter then you should be all right once it's dried out
0: definitely so I what are the I'm trying to think in Cornwall there's card in them, isn't there and then you mentioned there's some woods in Plymouth are there any is it yeah. mainly just trail center vibes or is it um like quite I'm not I don't know natural as well if that makes sense
1: yeah, uh, I'm really lucky. So within riding distance, I've got um, Hustons, Bishops, and Grogley Woods, um, mm-hmm. and they're quite like natural trails. Um, like Grogley's, a lot more like enduroy downhill sort of trails in the woods.
0: Okay.
1: Um, yeah, and then obviously you've got Cardin and which is um, that's quite a nice like training ride to do because you don't have to think about it. You can just do some good laps um, for fitness sort of thing um yeah to be fair I don't I am imagine there must be more further down in Cornwall but I've not ventured that far down and I don't really know anybody so you need to have someone show you around I think sometimes
0: yeah, yeah that's often key or well, commute's good as well I've like traveled a lot with work and also for like racing and stuff over the years and I find commutes really handy for finding new places to ride and things
1: is it? I have a few people... Talk, maybe I need to download it. I have had it mentioned a few times. Maybe I should do that.
0: This podcast isn't sponsored by Kamut sadly, unless they want to. <laughs> um, but it's really good yeah. cool because I think you pay like a one-off fee for life. I think it was like 40 quid or something. And then you get worldwide maps instead of a monthly subscription.
1: Oh, nice. Cool. So, I'll have yeah, to have a look at that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, but no, that, that's really good. Thanks. It's been quite a, uh, um interesting route through your success to date and things. I guess... Like you mentioned you really enjoyed racing at school and you've had perhaps not the most fun year last year. Like why why do you love it if that makes sense?
1: Um that's a really good question. It's <laughs> I, I
0: like Oprah yeah. or
1: something. <laughs> um I yeah, because it's quite a fun I always think, you know, when you're like actually on the line ready to race, I always feel I think like everyone obviously feels nervous and you feel yeah. sick, and I'm often like, why? Why am I doing this? Oh, yeah. um, but uh I don't know. It's cause really hard to, to like explain to people who don't ride as well. Like, why? Why do you want to do that? There's just something. There's something like so like freeing about like riding a bike really fast. Um, and yeah, it's just. And also like finding your limits, like and being yeah. able to push to them and pass them is like I don't know. I, maybe I'm a bit weird, but I really like finding finding that limit and seeing how much further I can push past it
0: yeah um, yeah I think that's that's a common theme for us all isn't it whether it's a um a personal limit in terms of you think you're really tired and you you can't go on or you can't go any faster or whether it's like a fear limit of descending or something but yeah I, I think that's why a lot of us race so yeah that's I like yeah. that good that is good and that's what makes it fun at the end of the day isn't it pushing the limits
1: yeah and uh, I guess also the like all the places that bikes take you like i would never have gone if i didn't go and ride my bike there i think Mm. it's a really cool way to see the uk and i mean i've never ridden abroad but um i would really love to one day so Mm. yeah it's just really cool the places that bikes get to take you
0: nice i guess that segues really nicely actually into our next section which is hits and shits um (laughs) what are the things you really like about the sport then which would be classed as a hit and then oppositely what are uh, shits, so things you don't like so much about the sport? You can be, like, really serious with these. You can be funny, political, whatever you fancy, in any order as well, just as they think.
1: Okay. Um, I think the hit is sort of what we were talking about before, is just, um like, the, the freedom of just being on a bike and, like, riding down the trails and, like, the noise of the tyres on the dirt and stuff. And I just think, like, it really just um I think like everybody everybody struggles with their mental health here and there and like more than others and stuff and I just think that uh you can always have no matter how bad a day I've had like after I've been on my bike I just always feel better I don't think there's been one incident where I haven't felt better after bit, even if you don't want to go and ride it once you've actually got on and had a ride you just like feel so much better afterwards it's such a good like head clearing tool I think
0: yeah massively I, I totally agree with that um it's like you definitely can't run away from your problems, but you can get pretty close through cycling, yeah <laughs>
1: you can definitely forget you can definitely forget about them for like an That's hour or right, so yeah. and then yeah, come exactly. back come back with a much clearer head to sort them out and realize they're probably not as bad as you thought they were.
0: no, quite um, I think my hit would be tied taut- into something you said earlier about riding in the winter i I actually quite enjoy riding in the winter in the u k um like admittedly I'd love I'd rather live in Switzerland where you say have a proper winter and you can cross country ski and stuff instead but I don't know the the thought of like say living somewhere like Utah or something where it's just dry and sunny all year would be a bit crap I think um
1: yeah definitely it's nice to yeah I think yeah mud definitely is nice to have
0: yeah and I think if you've got like two bikes it's a big help because you can like have one where you don't clean it as much over the winter and things and not have to stress about wearing stuff out and things
1: um, yeah that's so yeah. True. i
0: think that's my hit is a uh, uk winter riding and it's not like freezing cold so cold that you like just freeze to death it's kind of quite warm and just wet isn't it so it's, it's not
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um and then your shit what is your shit
1: Ah, uh, well having said i enjoy winter riding i think it would definitely be just the cleaning
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um i think i've been told that i think the only sport worse for cleaning is maybe like motocross because Mm -hmm. like mountain biking they're just every time you ride there's like a bike to clean and shoes to clean and like a helmet to dry and then your kit that you've got to like wash before you can actually wash it and yeah and if you it depends how often you go out then like but like doing it like four or five times a week there's just so much cleaning to do (laughs)
0: although like i definitely agree on the motocross front but Part of me thinks cyclocross is the worst sport for cleaning because you get your kit managed, oh, but you've yeah. got three bikes to wash afterwards. Like I can't imagine yeah. doing that after a race. Although I expect you'd have your jet washer man or woman doing it for you, wouldn't you? So
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. You'd hope so, yeah. wouldn't you? Uh. <laughs>
0: um my shit is also related to cleaning, but it's to do with your teeth, not um not bikes. Because right. <laughs> long story short, I went to the dentist just before um Christmas the other month, and yeah. She was, did some x-rays and things and she like gave me made me sit down and was like, right, what are you doing? Like showed me the x-rays like a year apart. You must be drinking like four cans of coke a day or something because you're just rotting your teeth and you need a fill in. Oh my god. And I was like, No, honestly, I like don't drink loads of coke. And she's like, you're lying to me. She's like, um, and it we basically worked out that it's because I've improved my nutrition a lot over the years, I've been working on it, and now i you all much better for both training and racing the hard sessions in particular, in the hard races obviously um,
1: Yeah.
0: and trying to get in like 90 grams of carbs an hour and if you're doing a three-hour race that's that's a lot of sugar going in isn't it it's like four cans of coke an hour or something um and yeah it's just destroying my teeth so i've got to go get a fill-in in february and i've got to get some prescription toothpaste so yeah it, that's my shit is dental health and apparently it's a thing i've done google and i've like spoken to someone that has helped me with nutrition in the past and he said that, yeah it's a thing unfortunately for athletes dental health
1: wow i hadn't even hadn't even thought about that but yeah. i haven't been to the dentist for a while maybe i should actually do that
0: <laughs> yeah you probably should go yeah <laughs> because well. it, yeah. well, it's, it's obviously annoying um that you yeah you need filling stuff but every filling is like a race entry gone isn't it so
1: yeah definitely oh wow <laughs> i hadn't even thought about that yeah because you yeah you just consume so much sugar
0: yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, being said, like, if i have like a two hour easy ride I don't have loads of gels or sweets or anything but it's like you have some like hard rides and things and you're you're shoveling in like jelly babies or gels or something yeah. like to try and get you through definitely it so <laughs> there you go brush your teeth kids
1: yeah definitely
0: <laughs> okay so on to our our next question then what is your best training session or your favorite however you want to spin the question as it were
1: um oh okay I think my favorite one would be uh one I do like more in the summer sort of more over actual like race season is um like one one to two hours zone two so I always go like um after work and just go and play about on the trails for a bit um and then finished off with like an hour of like five minute hill climbs Mm -hmm. which I know sounds like horrible but there's like it's just really nice to have fun on the bike and then go and like like really like push yourself so you know you've worked really really hard um and then yeah it just feels really good at the end so you've had fun worked really hard and then you just know that yeah just had a good session really
0: fair play so you say an hour on five minute hill climb so you're basically doing 12 hill climbs is it
1: uh or 10 well no sit do we sit six going okay, on because you do five minutes up and then sort of um, right. to get yeah, down and then five minutes up yeah
0: <laughs> I wasn't accounting for the downhill. I just thought yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh no that makes a lot more sense and sounds a lot that more would
1: fun. be horrific that would yeah. make me very weird <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess that is the beauty of mountain biking though isn't it because you can do the play and the the work as it were like on the road the road is still nice and stuff and you can go places yeah. faster but you yeah you, it's not necessarily as fun is it
1: no it's uh, yeah and then like the wind is much more a factor, isn't it? And like takes the enjoyment out of it sometimes.
0: You you tend to do those, you said you're obviously on the mountain bike, but you tend to do those on the road or on the trail or a mix of both?
1: Yeah, I think I do pretty much a 50-50 mix. I'm really lucky um, that the sessions work out for kind of however I feel like or whichever bike isn't broken at the time kind of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, that's another driving factor, isn't it? Which bike is actually working?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> awesome. No, that's good. Okay, thanks for that um next bit or next question rather is complete the sentence if I wasn't racing bikes I'd be dot dot dot
1: oh yeah wow <laughs> um I say I say this a lot like I don't know what other people do in their spare time if they, do, <laughs> if they don't ride bikes <laughs> um oh, I think I'd probably do I really enjoy like walking and like the coast path and that so I think I'd probably be doing that still getting my fix for the outside and still going to some cool places and that sort of thing i think
0: yeah nice Yeah. Yeah, So still outdoorsy but a bit um slower pace
1: yeah still still yeah same vibe probably get a a cafe stop in there somewhere
0: nice (laughs) sounds good yeah i like that okay uh next question is um what advice would you give to like the average listener so average cross country racer like myself what advice would you give them
1: um, I think definitely like consistency over perfection nice. is, and I need to take my own advice on that sometimes. Um, cause it's really hard sometimes when you see, um, yeah, like people getting better results for you or they seem to be hitting all their sessions absolutely perfectly. But, um, it, it instead of like just sort of giving up that you're not getting it perfect. I think if you just keep getting out on your bike, keep getting the miles in, um, I think that that definitely gets you further than you'd think it would.
0: Massively. That's a really good one actually because often people want to see training peaks all green and stuff, don't they? And sometimes you should say, swap out your hill reps for just an easy hour spin or something because you're knackered from work or you're a bit ill or whatever it is. But that you don't and then you end up getting in a massive rut or you get injured and you lose say four weeks of training just for one session because you tried to be a hero. Yeah
1: yeah definitely I think that's that's what I learned last year is like there's a really fine line between knowing like you don't feel like going out for a session but actually you're fine and doing the session makes you feel better but then also knowing when you're ill and when to stop or yeah or just do an easy session just for some fun Mm -hmm. um so yeah definitely
0: how can you give anyone any advice on how because that's probably a question that a lot of people including myself like battle with like how do you know when to go and when not to go
1: um ah i do i i think it's uh i guess it's really like personal to each individual i suppose Mm -hmm. um mine's the i think mine's kind of related to um i'm I'm, like such a foodie i like eat all the time and i know that if um if i struggle to sort of like eat generally during the day then i'm probably like there's probably something that's not quite right so i usually just go for for, like an easy session or just take the evening off and Mm -hmm. um yeah just have like a nice try and have a nice meal and then see how i feel the next day kind of thing
0: that's good i like that yeah i I,
1: I think it's definitely like really personal to everyone so you probably yeah it's good to take some time actually for yourself and actually have a proper think about it and work out how you know when you feel good and when you feel like a little bit off
0: yeah i i tend to do the get dressed in 10 minute rule yeah like if you can't even bother to get dressed then you're probably not going out but then if if you're like just I'm in an hour and then you do the first 10 minutes, if after the first 10 minutes you feel all right, then you crack on and you do your hard efforts. But if after the first 10 minutes all you can think about is going home, then maybe you just do, do an hour easy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that is true. I um, I try not, to, especially in the winter after work, I like don't sit down. I'll have oh, like, yeah. all my clothes out ready. So I literally come in change clothes and straight back out the door again because if I sit down there's no chance I'm going outside (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's that's a very good point actually yeah never works having a strategic map, does it you never feel good for it you've got to get it done (laughs) yeah nice um tied into this then is what is the best piece of advice that you've been given that you'd like to pass on to the listeners
1: um oh gosh um I Think to be fair, I think it's about what we've been talking about generally is like have fun, enjoy yeah. it. Um, like even uh, like my coach has said to me, like, yeah, he, he's like, if you're not having fun, like, you need to talk to me and we need to like change something around because there's no point in doing any of this if you're not enjoying it.
0: Yeah, that's good, that's 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 a very good sign. I like, we haven't spoken about who your coach is and things, but like, because there's definitely some different coaches have different methods and some are like dictators aren't they like you just got to get it done regardless even if it's not fun it shouldn't be fun it's hard work but that's that's really positive um because that's definitely seems to get better results because a lot of athletes that have come on here have mentioned fun is key so that's good
1: yeah um I think yeah like um last year I was definitely feeling like really tired with training and I didn't tell him because Mm -hmm. I sort of thought like um you know if he's given me this amount to do then he obviously thinks that that's what I should be doing um and then when I finally got a little bit burnt out and told him he's like why why didn't you tell me sooner like there's no point in getting to this point You might as well yeah like tell me sooner and then we can sort the problems out
0: Mm -hmm. yeah do you do you do any like wearables or things like that because like um obviously coaches are not emotionally invested are they like like we are as racers Um, yeah so if you say oh I'm really tired he may be I don't know if you say record your resting heart rate every morning or something like that he may be oh yeah well your resting heart rate has gone up by like 15 beats over the last four weeks so you're probably a bit tired or is it all purely just uh feel for that side of things
1: yeah literally um just does feel yeah and I definitely do also get like the tough love side from him sometimes and it's like no you're fine go and go and do your session you'll be all right and I'm like oh okay sorry
0: (laughs) that's good that's what you need though isn't it yeah external like i said it's they haven't got the emotion involved so they know when you just need to like just get on with it or they know when yeah. you just a cup of tea on the sofa that's that's good um yeah. i think it is important to still listen to your feelings isn't it because we're in a world where you've got whoop bands and all this sort of stuff and you spend 50 pounds a yeah. month on and it's what do you do with all this data if you're not looking at it and at the end of the day if whoop tells you to sit on the sofa are you going to sit on the sofa or are you going to listen to your coach that tells you go do a four-hour ride or something in the middle
1: yeah I've always thought that because sometimes I've, I've not got one but I've seen like people have got like they're on one percent recovery but they've got yeah. like a race the next day and you're not gonna not go and do the race I don't think so yes interesting.
0: I guess that would mess your head as well wouldn't it imagine if you saw you got one percent recovery and you've got a race the next day it's just like undermining you massively wouldn't it?
1: Yeah that's true I hadn't thought about that Yeah, you're just gonna be like <laughs> well I'm gonna do really badly. <laughs> yeah
0: you've lost before you even started. Yeah. I'm um, definitely not getting sponsored by Root class that's, that's written off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so uh final question in this section then is any particular hero or inspiration that you've had along the way
1: um uh uh, so someone i've always uh looked up to is um isla short yeah um yeah i followed her for quite a while and she's yeah i just think she's incredible and she um yeah she doesn't always have like uh, the best results like she's had some brilliant results but um, I think especially this year hasn't been her year but she's still yeah just like her determination can, to like just constantly keep going and like where she's actually got to is like phenomenal yeah Um. I suppose uh, a sort of a more recent one is um, my teammate from last year Christina she is um, yeah she's just incredible she did her first mountain bike season last year uh, her first national mountain bike season and just won um, and she's, yeah, she's just like such an amazing athlete to just watch, and um uh, she's yeah, like I follow her like on Strava, and like she she's up north, so it's very cold, and I just see like some of her rides sometimes, and I think when I don't want to go out and then I see like the rides that she's done, I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna go, and uh, yeah, she's just just an incredible person, and she's so nice and lovely as well, um, awesome. so she's a big inspiration as well,
0: awesome, no, that's good, maybe we we'll have to get on the show sometime we'll to, um... yeah,
1: definitely definitely she's really good she knows so much about nutrition and okay. things so she would be really interesting to talk to uh, cool.
0: okay awesome and then the final question is there any like shout outs you want to give any big thanks any like socials you want to plug uh, sponsors etc anything like that
1: ah uh okay so i guess uh my I use Instagram the most so yeah. I'm uh I'm biking underscore Libby on Instagram where you will find pig content as well as bike content <laughs> <laughs> um and then I said but just a massive thank you to my coach uh Will Bundy he's yeah he's just amazing um and Amp Cycles who are helping me out this year um so if you need if you're in Cornwall and you need anything bike related Amped is the place to go um and finally, yeah, Wagebridge Coasters, um, they've been incredible and um, they've supported me since the beginning. So, yeah, just them.
0: Awesome. No, that's great. Well, thank you very much for your time and the interview. You're really honest and open, which is like really refreshing because um, some oh, podcasts, thank you. Like, yeah, people are often afraid, rightly or wrongly. They're afraid to necessarily open up and be so honest about how they perform. But I think you had a very solid first year and I'm sure you'll be flying this year.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, hopefully.
0: No problem. Awesome. Thanks for that.
1: Cheers. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the A-Line Podcast. Any feedback is really welcome, so either leave us a review on your podcast app of choice or drop me a message on Instagram at the A-Line Podcast. Also, racing is starting to kick off, so if you see me at a race, be sure to come and say hello. It'd be great to have a chat. Until next time, ride fun and ride fast.